Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. What brings you into the kingdom of God is faith, but did you also know you're saved by hope? It's told us in Romans chapter 8. You're going to be blessed today by the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bobby Andian. Great to have you with us here today. And I just want to make, again, thank you commendation to those who support me, those who stand with me. I'm here today. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament where uh, Moses, you know, had his hands raised up before Israel. As long as his hands were raised up, Israel won the battle. And when his hands begin to fall down, they begin to lose the battle. So he had two come and stand beside him, Aaron and Hur. And one lifted up each hand. And so to where Moses could then sit on a rock and then they could lift up the hands around him on each side. And this is what happens. I'm seated on the rock that's on the Lord Jesus Christ, but I still need human help. And the human help comes from those who stand on the right hand and the left hand and help me keep my arms up. As long as you are there, we're going to win the battle. It's not that you're the one bringing deliverance. It's the rock that brings deliverance. But you know what? I'm seated on him. I'm resting in him, but I'm also having you help me by lifting up my hands around me. And those hands that are lifted up is prayer support and also financial support. And listen, there are many of you that, that listen to this broadcast. Once in a while, you send an offering in. I thank you for that. But I'm really asking this, would you be a partner that sticks with me through thick and thin? I mean, when the battle's on, you're there. And uh, you know, others just whenever you feel like it, you send an offering. And again, I want to say thank you for that. If that's all you did for the rest of your life, I would thank you for that. There's rewards for that in heaven. But there's also another step beyond that, and that's to become a partner. Five times the word partner is mentioned in the book of Philippians, because Philippian people were the closest to any that Paul had. They literally shook his life when they gave a gift into his ministry that Paul knew at that time it was difficult on them. And yet then they became givers after that on a consistent basis. And from that, he took up the issue of partnership. I simply want to say thank you to all of those who are partners with me. If you'd like to become a partner with me, join this wonderful group that stands with me and you'd like to become a part of them. When you go to my website, bobyandian.com, you'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me. Thank you in advance. Let's go to Hebrews chapter two today. Let's take a look at verse three. I'm going to talk about something that it's in the word of God. You mentioned people go, oh, that's not in the Bible. Yes, it is. And that's the fact we are saved by hope. I'll qualify that. Don't jump out of your chair and go, no, I'm saved by faith. You're right. We are saved by faith. Another thing too is we're saved by works. Oh, don't give me that. The Bible says, no, no, no. It does say in the book of James, we're saved by works, but I'll qualify that. Hang on till I get there. And then we're going to go also and find out we are also saved by hope in the word of God. All this to come back. Let's just put it all together. We're saved by faith. That's true. We're saved by faith before God, before Jesus Christ. We're saved by works. That's when the world sees what we have done, but we're also saved by hope. And this simply brings around the fact that the salvation we have in the New Testament is far greater than was ever offered in the Old Testament. Same means of salvation by simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham did that. But the results of our salvation in the New Testament is incredible. And that's why it says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect, notice these next three words, so great salvation? 
This was not said in the Old Testament. It's comparing the New Testament to the Old Testament, the salvation we have with the salvation they had, and the results of our salvation is compared to them. We're the righteousness of God. Man, we become a son and daughter of Jesus. I could go down the list of things. A son and daughter of God, a brother with Jesus Christ himself. I could go down the list one after another of the things we have in the New Testament, superior to the Old, but we wrap it up in three simple words here. So great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord himself. They said, we were there, we heard it. Next of all was confirmed unto us by those who heard him, Peter, John, James, those that follow Jesus Christ. He's simply saying here, whoever this person is, he's one generation away from Jesus. And that there was Jesus, then Jesus spoke to his disciples, but now this person heard from the disciples. That's why, again, probably it's Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews. But let's go on. First of all, we are saved by faith. By this term, so great salvation, let's just open it up and see what it is. First of all, we are saved by faith. That's unqualified in the word of God, no works in involved for our salvation. Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Romans chapter 3 and verse 22 says, righteousness comes to us by faith. And the one it's comparing us to is Abraham in chapter 3 and especially later on the next chapter, chapter 4. Romans chapter 3 and verse 28 says, a man is justified by faith period. Nothing else beyond that. Doesn't take your faithfulness to God to get saved. No, it's his faithfulness to you that gets you saved. It doesn't take, again, water baptism, although water baptism is commanded. It's not a part of our salvation. Giving of money is important. All these things are important, but none of them will get you saved. What gets you saved is your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Galatians 3.26, we are the children of God by faith. So four different examples there telling us we are saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. Again, how important that is. But next of all, we're also saved by works. Now, this is the one that don't get upset with me because you're immediately thinking a verse of scripture says we're not saved by works. The difference here is this. We are saved in front of God by faith, but we're saved in front of people by works. That's why this is found in the book of James chapter two and verse 24. James is a pastor. He's tired of his people coming to church and lifting up their hands and singing praises to God and then go out of the church and live like the world. He says, why is that? He says, he says in church, he said, you guys are like a, a water fountain. You go to get a drink out of it and one minute it spits up salt water. The next minute it spits, you know, it spits up fresh water. You come to church and spit up fresh water. You walk out of church and you spit up this salt water. He says, you just like you open up your mouth and you spew out things. And depending on where you are is dependent on what you act like. He says, you need to live in front of the world just like you live in front of Jesus and just like you do in church. You need to have a consistent lifestyle. That's why he says to that congregation in James chapter 2 and verse 24 and also says to you, by works a man is saved and not by faith only. He's not talking about in front of God. I'm saved by faith in God's sight because God looks on the heart, but man looks on the outward appearance and the world needs to see I'm saved. They can't see my heart so they don't know I'm saved, but they can see my works. And by my consistent works, living for the Lord every day for him, you begin to develop a reputation and then people see, oh, that person knows Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's how we're saved by works. So 
We're saved again before God by faith, but we're saved before the world and before other believers around us by the works that we produce, the good things that God has given to us. But let's talk about this area of hope because we're gonna take up some scriptures on hope because oftentimes we don't see what the area of hope is. Let me qualify hope for just a moment. When we use the term hope, we often say, well, I hope so. I hope that'll come. I mean, I hope that's really right. What you're saying is, I don't think it will, but maybe it will. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a confident expectation. You know something's going to come true. God has promised you it's going to come true, such as the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is called the great hope of the church. What does that mean? In the midst of all the world falling apart around me, it's like, like the world's going to hell and getting worse every single day. I have a hope. And that hope is in the midst of all this, I have a confident expectation that more real than this hell I see around me, more real than this, this nations falling around us and our own country falling around us and the end times closing in around us faster and faster with all these things happening around me, I look at that and say, no, there's something more real than what Satan is doing in this earth. There's something more real than what sin is doing in this earth. It's what God is doing and what God's gonna do. And my hope is that just beyond this, Jesus Christ is coming back for us and coming back for me. Let's take a look at Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Oh, this is a very familiar verse of scripture. Notice what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a hope. You know what? If you'll go back and look at the context of this verse of scripture, he was speaking to a group of people who were in bondage. The, Jew, the Jewish people were in captivity and they were there for 70 years in Babylon. And this came to them and the Lord actually spoke to them. And it's not a thing of think good thoughts. I have good thoughts for you, thoughts of peace. What he's saying is understand this, all the problems you see around you are temporary. I've got a future for you. And the best days for Israel were still yet to come. So he said in this verse of scripture, the thoughts I have to you are thoughts of peace, not of evil, and to give you a hope. Coming back to the word of God is what produces a hope in this life. Again, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a confident expectation. And next of all, let's come back to the New Testament. In Romans chapter eight, Paul tells us we're saved by hope. You say, how can we be saved by hope? We're saved by faith before God. We're saved by, by works in front of people. But how in the world are we saved by hope? We are saved by hope. Something we need to look at. God looks at my faith toward him and the world looks at my actions on the outside. But what do I have to look forward to? Romans chapter eight, take a look beginning with me at verse 23. Romans 8, 23. It says, not only they, but ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Here we're talking about all of creation around us. All of creation around us is groaning and travailing, waiting for the day of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at his second coming, not the rapture. We'll be set free at the rapture, but the whole earth will be set free seven years later at the coming of Jesus Christ to rule and reign the earth. On that day, the curse that was placed here at the time of Adam will be lifted. And the Bible tells us the trees will clap their hands. 
hands at the coming of the king. The oceans will clap their hands at that time. We are told at that time period that all of nature will break forth into the same glorious liberty as the children of God. Look at verse 23 again, Romans 8, 23. Not only they, that's all of creation, but ourselves also. We who have the first fruits of the spirit, that's the new birth. Even we ourselves grown inside of ourselves, waiting for the adoptive day, that is the redemption of our body. What is it we look for each and every day? Oh, there's all kinds of things we put in faith and trust in the word of God, but one of the greatest things we should do is to look at what's going on around us and see the groaning and the travailing of the entire earth around us and realize the redemption of our body is coming soon. And right after that, the redemption for the entire creation. Verse 24, for we are saved by hope. This is not salvation to get us to heaven. This is day by day salvation. How do I get through today? How do I get through tomorrow? How am I going to survive next week? It's knowing Jesus will come soon. Knowing that the rapture of the church is going to come brings me hope today and hope tomorrow. On top of that, understand this. It understand it boxes me in also knowing I have a limited time to get people saved. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Verse 24. Why do you, you can't see the rapture coming, but you have to believe the verses of scripture. And if you see it, then it's going to come to pass eventually for what a man sees. Why does he still hope for it? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we with patience wait for it. When we come back from the break, we're going to take up from this point right here, talking about the importance of hope in our everyday life. We often push hope off and say, well, I got faith. I've got love toward God. No, hope is important to bring you through the momentary trials of life because God has an answer waiting just on the other side. See you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Turn with me to Titus chapter two. We're gonna take a look at verses 11 through 13. But while you're turning there, let me recap what Paul said in Romans chapter eight, verse 22 through verse 23. What he was saying there is we look around us and the earth is groaning. Man, is it groaning. I mean, hurricanes and earthquakes and problems everywhere, government problems and people invading and nations invading other nations. You look at that long enough and keep your eyes on the news. No wonder Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, quit looking at the television, quit listening to talk talk radio. Look up. Your redemption is very close. My redemption is in Jesus Christ, not in human beings around me. And it simply says, when you see those things begin to come to pass, man, look up. And it says in those verses of scripture that what our hope is, is the redemption of our body. That's the rapture of the church. It's coming very soon. And with everything going on around us today, we can shout out glory to God. Jesus is going to come back. But we also know we have a limited time to see others receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the uh, the fact that Jesus is coming soon ought to be a kick in our rear end to tell us, get out there and spread the gospel of Jesus. We're saved by hope. And what a man sees, he hope doesn't hope for. But if you don't see what's out there, and then you don't have a hope to look forward to. But if you do have that hope, the coming of Jesus Christ, then you patiently wait for it. The hope of the coming of Jesus Christ helps us walk in sanctification today. Romans told us we are saved by hope. Remember, we started out saying we are saved by faith, went down through a number of verses of scripture, but that's before God. God sees that. But next of all, we found the book of James where also saved by works, but that's not in front of God. No, it's in front of people. They can't see my faith. They need to see my works. It confirms to them I have been saved. God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. But next of all, I've left out one. One's God, one's the people, now us. What do I look forward to, to bring me through and bring me deliverance today in the midst of a world falling apart? Jesus Christ coming. The hope of the coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, helps me walk in sanctification and keep my eyes focused today. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 through 13 says this, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us. Here's one of the things the grace of God teaches us, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. One thing grace teaches us, keep on keeping on. Don't turn around. Don't start giving up. Keep your eyes on the word of God and keep your eyes on walking in righteousness in front of the world. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is it that gives me hope in this life? It's the coming of Jesus Christ and knowing that all the problems the world is seeing is just temporary. Eternity lies just beyond that. And literally the rapture of the church and the coming tribulation after that in this earth is the closing of all the bad times and worst times the world has seen. After that, Jesus Christ is gonna come back and establish his kingdom on this earth for the first thousand years called the millennium. And after that, the eternities of eternities. Man, do we have a future. And you know what this is simply saying? If we have that kind of future, why are you despondent today? Because all this stuff you're seeing around you is just temporary, just for the moment. God's kingdom will be eternal. Jesus Christ's kingdom will be eternal and he will rule forever and ever. On that day, when Jesus Christ comes back to establish his kingdom on this earth, the Bible says the kingdoms of this world 
The kingdoms of this world are those that are under Satan. Satan is the God of this world. So all this time since the fall of Adam, the nations have been under the control of Satan himself. It says on that day, the kingdoms of this world will then become the kingdoms of our God. Then they'll be given to the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he, Christ, shall reign forever and forever and forever. That's my hope as I look forward to the future. In other words, faith saves me before God, works save me in front of people, but hope brings me salvation every day, not to get to heaven, but salvation through the problems I'm seeing, the things of the world, the world crashing in around us, nations invading nations, innocent people being killed, Christians being killed, more abortions than ever before. You know what? I can stand and I can shout, the deliverance day is coming. In the meantime, my eyes are on the Lord Jesus Christ and on his word, and I have a hope and that hope is that soon I'm going to hear the Lord descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first in me. I, who am alive and remain, will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Look at 1 John chapter 3. Speaking of hope and the importance of hope, 1 John chapter 3 tells us again about that hope we have, and that hope is the coming of Jesus Christ for his saints, and then eventually after that, seven years later, to rule over the entire earth forever and forever. First John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Notice this, I'm not going to be a son of God later. I'm a son of God now. You're a daughter of God right now. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are in the family of God forever. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We're gonna have a resurrection body, just like that of the Lord Jesus. I won't look like him. I'll still look like me, but I'll have the same body he does. And it says, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. The hope of the coming of Jesus Christ causes me to live in purity and to see to it I project purity to the rest of the world. This hope I have in Jesus Christ keeps me today, keeps me tomorrow, and honestly will keep me until the day I die or Jesus Christ comes one of the two. I have no fear of tomorrow. No, I have hope tomorrow. I have hope today. And that hope is the fact that Jesus Christ is gonna come back. I have a wonderful future to look forward to. Again, let me qualify. Faith saves me before God. Works saves me in front of people. But my personal salvation day by day comes by the hope I have of the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next of all, Romans chapter five and verse two. Romans 5, 2 says this, basically by hope, we wait for our future salvation at Jesus coming. Every day, I'm still here. If I get up tomorrow morning and Jesus doesn't come tomorrow, I'm still gonna have hope. The hope that he is gonna come, it may not be tomorrow, the next day after that, but you know what? It's gonna come one day. I trust I'm gonna be alive to see that thing come to pass. If I don't, I'll just go to heaven. <gasps> Wonderful time. But to know that I can be alive and actually see Jesus come back for me will be even greater. Romans 5, 2 says this, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What do I have right now? Faith in Jesus Christ. What do I have right now? Grace that I stand in. But I also rejoice in the future of the hope of the glory of God that Jesus Christ is gonna come back and I'm gonna rise to meet him in the air. What a great thing we have. Ephesians 5.27. 
that he might present us to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that should be holy and without blemish. Let me just tell you what's gonna happen right after the rapture of the church. We're gonna be taken up into heaven and we will go for seven years through the judgment seat of Christ. Actually, that's a bad term. And we use that term all the time, even though it says that in the King James and other. No, the word actually means the rewards seat of Christ. I'm not gonna be judged. We're told in the word of God that Christians will not be judged. I haven't been judged because Jesus took my judgment on the cross. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. But there is this. My works will be judged in heaven. My works will stand before him and I'll receive a reward for them. So the, literally, the term means the reward seat of Christ. Heaven is a gift. I'm going to heaven because you know why? It's a free gift given to me. But not everything we have when we get to heaven is a gift. There are rewards when I get there. And rewards are given in heaven for what we did on earth for the Lord down here. So Ephesians 5.27 says again, there's gonna come a day that Jesus will present the church to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it, that is the church, should be holy and without blemish. Right now we are not totally holy and totally without blemish. There's still blemishes in us. I, you know, there's this thing that says today and people are preaching, well, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Let me say this, if Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, he's never coming back. He will come back for the church and then he will remove all the spots and wrinkles at the reward seat of Christ. So one day, not only will the nature of the flesh be removed from me, but also all the production of the flesh, which accomplished, accomplished in me while I was saved. In other words, if there was days I was under control of the flesh and of the spirit, and I didn't ask God to forgive me of that, that's gonna go to heaven with me, but it's gonna be burned up in heaven. What I did for the Lord will last. Even if I gave a cup of cold water in his name, it's gonna be rewarded in heaven. Ephesians 4, 13 says this, until we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the Lord is simply saying here in these verses of scripture, there's going to come a day when we will be in heaven with him. And in that day, when we're in heaven, there will come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge, the perfect knowledge of the Son of God. On earth, I'm striving, I'm getting closer, but I am not yet to the point of being a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The soon coming of Jesus for us has even called our salvation. Again, not to take me to heaven, but a salvation of the problems of life that I go through. Romans 13 and verse 11. Now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. This is a reference to the coming of Jesus Christ. Now is our salvation, the coming of Jesus, the rapture of the church nearer than when we believed. Hebrews 9, 28. To those who look for him, he shall appear the second time without sin unto to salvation and the salvation here is not the fact that I'll be saved inside of me. No, I'm going to be taken out of this earth, delivered out of this earth into a deliverance into heaven with Jesus Christ forever and forever. First Peter 1 5, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. So at the appearing of Jesus Christ for us, we will have a resurrection body free from the nature of sin, just like Jesus' own body himself. Philippians chapter three, verse 20 and 21. Our citizenship is in heaven, not here. There was a day I changed citizenships. The moment I got born again, I was no longer just a citizen of this earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven from where we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned like unto his 
his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. First John 3, 2, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Our glorification has already been accomplished in God's eyes, even though we haven't seen it manifested in our life down here. I will have a resurrection body, just like Jesus Christ has. And that comes when I rise to meet him in the air. Oh, what a glorious hope we have. I've been saved by faith in front of God. I'm saved daily by my works in front of people. But I also have a personal salvation inside of me that comes every day as I look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ for me, that all these problems I'm going through and the earth is even going through will one day be gone as Jesus Christ comes back to set up his eternal kingdom. Are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? If you're not, open up your heart and simply say, Jesus, I receive you as the Lord of my life. I open up my life and say, Jesus, I give you my life because I messed it up. I want you to come and straighten it out. I give my life to you. I see you as my Lord and I see you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.